This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show. It's Zoomer Radio's Theater of the Mind with Frank Proctor. Open your mind as we fill your head with amazing thrills, chills, <laughs> and laughs. Theater of the Mind, the best love programs from radio's golden age, only on Zoomer Radio. Now, here is your master storyteller, Frank Proctor. Well, thank you, and welcome to the show. Tonight, I want to take you back to 1951 for a visit with the Nelson family. More about them and the show in just a moment or two. First, let's set the scene. The year is 1951. You've just come home from work after filling up the car with gas that cost 19 cents a gallon. You arrive at your new house, which you've just purchased for $9,000, and trip over the kid's tricycle and driveway that cost you $14. Before you head to the living room where the radio is, you make yourself a hamburger from the package you bought yesterday for 50 cents a pound and check in the refrigerator to make sure you've got enough eggs to make breakfast for the entire family the next morning. Yep, yep, there they are, the whole dozen, which cost 24 cents. Not exactly chicken feed. Now, admittedly, this all sounds terrific, doesn't it? But let me introduce just a dose of reality. Your yearly wage for the year 1951 was $3,510. So the euphoria recedes a little bit, doesn't it? Now, on the entertainment front, the classic television show I Love Lucy debuted on the CBS network in October of 15th. The uh, show starred comedian Lucille Ball as Lucy Ricardo, Cuban entertainer Desi Arnaz as Lucy's husband Ricky, with Vivian Vance and William Frawley as their goofy landlords, Fred and Ethel Mertz. And by the way, those two hated each other with a passion. Must have been very interesting on the set, huh? The show was based on a popular radio series, My Favorite Husband, that Ball had previously starred in. I Love Lucy was one of the first scripted television shows to be filmed using three different cameras. And it was unusual that it was filmed in Hollywood using a live audience rather than in New York using a laugh track. The show, well, it was a huge success and nominated for and won many Emmys while it aired. Also in 1951, the classic film An American in Paris premiered in London during August. The musical film featured music from George and Ira Gershwin, and the dance numbers were choreographed by the film star Gene Kelly. Now to our first show featuring that married couple that everyone loved, here it is, another episode of The Adventures of Ozzie and Harriet. Hello, folks. This is Harriet Nelson. The weather's sure getting nice lately, isn't it? Nice weather for strolling in the park or rowing on the lake or for just sitting around the house taking it easy and having a nice leisurely snack. Meaning, of course, Heinz cream of tomato soup. <laughs> good because it's Heinz. The H.J. Heinz Company, makers of 57 varieties of fine foods for 80 years, 
present the amusing transcribed adventures of Ozzie and Harriet, starring America's favorite young couple, Ozzie Nelson and Harriet Hilliard. Pretty quiet around the Nelson house this afternoon. I wonder where the family is. Oh, there they are in the living room. David and Ricky are taping up an old baseball bat. And there's Ozzy sprawled out on the couch reading the paper. Oh, I don't see Harriet, though. Hey, what happened to this living room? Oh, hi, Mom. What do you mean, what happened to it? It looks like a cyclone struck it. What's this? Well, that's what I'd like to know. Look at this room. Things all over the place. I leave the house for five minutes and look what happens. Your mother's absolutely right, boys. Place looks like a mess. Come on now, pick up these things of yours. But, Pa... Go on now, I'm reading. Whose old jacket is this? Not mine. Not mine. Well, it certainly isn't mine. Ozzy. Ozzy. Hmm? Does this jacket belong to you by any chance? Oh, yes. Where'd you find that? Right here on my good chair. Ricky, were you wearing my jacket this morning? No, sir. And who belongs to these wool socks? Not me. Not me. I'm afraid they're a little too big for me. (laughs) Ozzy. Oh, I'm sorry. What is it? I think it's an old pair of socks. Oh, yes. They're my good golfing socks. Where'd you find those? Under my good chair. Ricky, were you playing hide-and-seek with my golf socks? Heck no. And who had an extra cup of coffee? Not me. I wish I could say yes. (laughs) Oh, (laughs) I guess I did, Harriet. (laughs) As I'm guilty this time. This time? (laughs) Look, it's not bad enough to have a cup and saucer around the living room. There's still half the coffee in it. Half? But I hardly drank any of it. Ricky, did you by any chance... Not me, Pop. I'm not allowed to drink coffee. You sure you didn't drink any of it? Honest, Pop. It had too much sugar in it. <laughs> okay. And look at these papers scattered all over here. We have looked at them, Mom. <laughs> so I gather. Well, who was looking at them last? Not me. Not me. And I know I was. Okay, Harriet, will you stop accusing me? <laughs> I'm not accusing you. Just that all the evidence seems to point in your direction. Goodness sakes, can't a man relax in his own home? Of course. Okay, I left my coat on the chair. Is that so terrible? And a pair of socks on the floor. And a, a coffee cup on the table. And, and a few newspapers scattered around. Go on. What do you mean, go on? And mud tracks all over the hall rug and ties hanging on the back of the chair. Shall I go on? That won't be necessary. I get the point. Let this be a good lesson to you, boys. What do you mean, Pop? It's simple, David. If you're going to mess up the house, you better do it in somebody else's. (laughs) That isn't exactly what I had in mind. You guys are going to get married one of these days. You might as well learn now that a woman is always right. Not always. Only when the man is wrong. I suppose I was wrong. I 
saw this in a movie once. What are you talking about? Well, this man and his wife had a big argument. We're not having a big argument. Of course not. There's nothing to argue about. Your father has to stop leaving his things lying around the house, and that's all there is to it. And your mother has to start letting me enjoy life a little, and that's all there is to it. In the movie, there was a lot more to it. Well, that's the movie. I realize that I'm not destined to win, so I'm just going quietly out the front door. That's known as taking the easy way out. In the movie, the man took this blonde out. Never mind. It was a good picture, boy. Okay, okay. She sure was a good-looking blonde. Well, I'll I'll see you later. Hey, wait a minute. How about straightening some of this up? Okay, what would you like me to do? Well, you can put your coat away, and here are your socks. And on your way out, you can drop this cup and saucer off at the kitchen. Is there anything else? Well, as long as you ask me, yes, there is. If you're going downtown, do you mind if I suggest that you get yourself a haircut? No, I don't mind at all. Then I do suggest it. However, don't be too surprised if I don't follow your suggestion. Oh, but you really do need a haircut. Harriet, there are certain little decisions a man likes to make for himself. (laughs) I'll get a haircut when I feel like it, and I don't happen to feel like it this afternoon. Okay, you're next, Mr. Nelson. Thanks, Bob. Sorry to keep you waiting. It's been busy like this all afternoon. Oh, that's fine. I guess hair must be growing faster now that summer's almost here. Yeah, I guess so. Well, sit right down. Terribly sorry you had to wait. As I say, it's been busy like this all afternoon. Oh, that's perfectly all right. You sure now? You you seem a little upset. Oh, no, no. It isn't about that, Bob. Oh, that's good. Or is it bad? Ah, it's just one of life's little problems. What, uh... What seems to be wearing you? Well, it's my... Well, that is, it's, uh... It's this, uh, this friend of mine. You mean he's trying to move in on you? No, 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 no. It's, uh... Well, you see, uh... Well, this fellow's wife has been nagging him. If he leaves his coat on a chair or his socks on the floor, anything at all, she makes life miserable for him. Oh, that's bad. I used to have the same trouble. That is, a friend of mine used to. (laughs) What do you mean, used to? Well, you don't think he'd let a thing like that go on, do you? Well, how could he stop it? I don't know about your friend, but my friend just plain put his foot down. He showed her who was boss. Well, yeah, but that doesn't always work. It's always worth a try. You just can't sit around and take it. You've got to be a man of action. I suppose so. Now, this friend of mine, his wife wanted children, lots of them. I would have kept him broke, supporting them all, so he asserted himself. One child, that's all, he said. And and it worked, huh? Well, it would have. Only his wife came home from the hospital with twins. (laughs) No kidding. Oh, that's right. I haven't seen you in quite a while, have I? Here, have a couple of cigars on me. Now, wait a minute, you... (laughs) <laughs> yeah, I'm afraid so <laughs> Can I help it if I do things in a big way? <laughs> uh, 
I guess not. Yeah, they're good cigars. No, 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 that's okay. Well, go ahead, they're imported. Well, I'm sure they're very good, but to tell you the truth, I don't smoke cigars. Believe me, Mr. Nelson, these are fine smokes. I'll just put a couple in your coat pocket. And here's another one for good luck. Yeah, okay. And remember to tell your friend my advice. Don't let him be pushed around. It's his home just as much as his wife's. Well, yeah, I know. Be a man of action like me. You'll get results. Well, those aren't exactly the kind of results that... Well, that is that my friend is looking for. (laughs) Well, no matter what results you're looking for, I always say a man has got to assert himself every once in a while. Yeah, I guess you're right at that. Are you sure you want a haircut? Of course, I'm happy to get the business, but you don't really need one. Oh, well, I I might as well. My wife, I mean, that is, uh, I I like it kind of short in the warm weather. Okay, you're the doctor. Ozzy, just us, Mom. Boy, some sure smells good. Oh, thank you. We're having lamb tonight. Oh, boy. And I baked a nice apple pie, too. Are we having company for dinner? No, dear. I just thought I'd give your father a special treat this evening. How come? Oh, I just think I was a little unfair to him this afternoon. I want to try and make it up to him. Do you need any help, Mom? Well, it would be nice if you boys went out of your way to make him feel right at home. Should we start scattering the newspapers around? (laughs) No, I don't think we need to go that far. We'll just bring him his slippers and make him comfortable. After all, a man's home is his castle. Oh, don't worry, Mom. We'll treat him like a king. Harriet? In the living room, dear. Hi, Pop. Oh, hello, fellas. Sit down, Pop. Make yourself homely. (laughs) Oh, thank you. We're having your favorite dinner tonight. Leg of lamb. Oh, that's fine. An apple pie, too. Oh, sounds very good. Why don't you relax on the sofa, dear? Put your feet up. I think I'd better warn you I took the shortcut and tracked quite a bit of mud in on the hall rug. Oh, that's perfectly all right. I'll clean it later. I'll do it for you, Mom. Let me do it. No, never mind, boys. Why don't you hang up your father's coat for him? Oh, sure. I'll help you take it off, Pop. Well, no, that won't be Careful, Ricky. You dropped something. Hey, where'd you get the cigars, Pop? What's that? A couple of cigars. Oh, 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 it was just the... Well, Ozzy, I didn't know you smoked cigars. Well, no, I, I don't. I don't mind them, honestly. <laughs> well, that's very nice. Oh, for goodness sakes, dear, this is silly. If you want to smoke a cigar now and then, there's no reason why you shouldn't be able to do it right in your own home. <laughs> Harriet, you've never seen me smoke a cigar, have you? I know it. I shouldn't wonder that you'd be afraid to after the way I've been fussing at you lately. I wish I could smoke one, boy. Ricky, you give that to me And get me a match Guy, are you going to smoke it, Mom? Of course not, your father is Now, now, wait a minute, Harriet Here's your slippers, Pop Well, this looks like a beautiful cigar But, Harriet, I don't smoke cigars Honestly, I don't I'll even light it for you There, how's that for service? Well, that's fine, Golly, look at all the smoke Well Ozzy, Pop It's fine, David I better see about the leg of lamb Gee, are you all right, Pop? Sounds like something's stuck in his throat Maybe it's a cigar Excuse me, boys Tell your mother 
Get out with some fresh air! <laughs> sure we all know lots of men who are just naturally the cigar-smoking type. Unfortunately, however, Ozzie Nelson is not one of them. Look at him, staggering down the front steps with the smoldering cheroot hanging limply between his fingers. He stares thoughtfully at the cigar for a moment. He glances back at the house. Now he looks at the cigar again. He looks back at the house. He looks at the cigar. He takes a firm grip on it. He looks back at the house and then at the street. Now he's winding up for the pitch. Hey, huh? Oh, oh, hello, Thorny. What are you doing? Uh, uh, nothing. Hey, since when did you start smoking cigars? No, I haven't. Uh, this was forced on me by my barber. His wife just had twins. Now, if you stand back, I'm going to see how far I can throw it. Well, but, Oz, that's practically a whole cigar. Give me room, Thorny. But you can't throw that away. You hardly smoked it. Thorny, this is strictly a matter of self-defense. A cigar happens to be stronger than I am. <laughs> now, just a sec. Let go of my arm. You can't Thorny. throw away that cigar. I can if you let me go. Be reasonable, Oz. It was a gift from your barber. If you don't want it, you had no right to accept it. I had no choice. I couldn't insult the man. Besides, he had a razor in his hand. <laughs> well, I enjoy a cigar now and then. Fine, here you are, Thorn. He gave me three of them, and I'll be very happy to let you have the other two. Oh, thanks, Oz. Now, you're welcome to them, I can assure you. I think I'll smoke one right now. Catherine doesn't care much for cigars. Well, I hope not. No, I mean, she doesn't like the smell of them. Personally, I find a good cigar very satisfying. Harriet certainly doesn't object to them. She practically jammed this one down my throat. Well, she's very thoughtful of her. I'm glad you think so. Oh, it is. There aren't many women who would allow their husbands to smoke cigars in the house, much less encourage it. Now, look, Thorny, in the first place, it was all a mistake. Harriet found the cigars in my coat pocket and jumped to the wrong conclusion. So now I suppose you're going to take the bloom off a thoughtful gesture by telling her that you don't like cigars. Well, of course I'm going to tell her. Why shouldn't I? If I were you, I'd walk back in the house with that half-smoked cigar and at least let Harriet have the pleasure of thinking you're enjoying yourself. Well, yes, I suppose I could do that. Why, certainly. You don't want her to feel ridiculous. After all, she was only trying to make you feel comfortable in your own home. Well, that's true. I must admit I have been a bit unreasonable lately. Messing up the house, leaving stuff around. You know, women like things neat and tidy, especially Harriet. Say, I'll tell you, why don't you hurry back to the barber shop and get a shine and a manicure? Oh, I don't think that's necessary. No, but maybe I'd get a few more cigars out of it. <laughs> Ozzy? Oh, yes, dear. I was just outside enjoying my cigar. But I told you, you don't have to go outside to smoke. Oh, I, I know that. I was just talking to Thorny. You know, a cigar makes you look very masculine and mature. It's really quite becoming. Oh, thank you. I, I'm glad you like it. Gives you a certain air of confidence and assurance. It gives me a certain air, all right. <laughs> Here you are, Mom. Well, that was quick work, David. What's this? A little surprise for you, dear. 
I hope you like them. Oh, boy, a whole box of cigars. <laughs> yeah, I have one, Pop. The boys just ran down to the store and got them. Are they the right brand? They're the same kind you're smoking. Well, how would... I, I mean, yes, I, I guess they, they look fine. <laughs> Sit down and enjoy a cigar, dear. Dinner's not quite ready. Sure, sit down. Relax, Pa. Okay, stop pushing. <laughs> Say, this looks like a nice one. Mm. Here's the ashtray. Here's another cigar. Oh, wait a minute. I just started to smoke this one. We haven't even lit it yet. Well, anticipating the smoke is one of the pleasures of smoking. I'll light it for you. Thank you. I'll go see about dinner. Are you comfortable, Pa? Yes, David. Uh, why don't you open a window, David Gate? <laughs> Getting a little stuffy in here. How about another cigar, Pop? No, I've got one in my hand. You haven't got one in your other hand. I'm using that to fan away. Thank you, one cigar is plenty. The sooner you smoke them, the sooner you get another box. Believe me, Ricky, I appreciate your interest in my happiness We get prizes for the rappers Oh, so that's it If we get 50 cigar bands, we get a catcher's mitt Kind of thought there was a catch in this somewhere Yeah, they got a lot of neat stuff there Oh, that's nice How long will it take you to smoke 50 cigars? Uh, quite a while, I'm afraid Look, fellas, if you'll excuse me for a minute I want to run over and have a word with Mr. Thornberry I put some cigars in your coat pocket if you want to smoke Oh, thanks, David Save the wrappers Yes, yes, I will uh, Tell your mother I'll be back in a few minutes Okay, Pa Hey, wait a minute What's the matter? Don't forget your cigar Oh, uh, uh just uh, toss it out the window I'll pick it up as I walk by <laughs> Thorny, would you step out here for a moment, please? Okay. What's up? My blood pressure. You and your ideas. I've done something wrong? Thorny, what always happens when I take your advice? <laughs> exactly, and it happened again. What happened? Remember you told me to pretend I really like cigars so Harriet's feelings wouldn't get hurt? Yeah. She just gave me a whole box of them. Now what do I do? Well, that doesn't sound like much of a hardship to me. Well, it is to me. Now every time I open my mouth, somebody sticks a cigar in it. <laughs> As I see it, you haven't got much of a problem at all. You have a box of cigars and you don't like cigars. Am I right? Go on. Well, since I'm your best friend, I'm going to be a big man and take them off your hands. <laughs> You're welcome to them. Here you can have all these in my pocket. Oh, thanks. Got a match? Here. Yeah, these cigars are very nice. I've always said it's an ill wind that blows nobody good. Please blow the ill wind somewhere else, will you, Thorny? You didn't seem to eat very much dinner. Oh, I had plenty, thanks. Okay, dear, go ahead. What do you mean? Oh, stop pretending. I know you're dying to get in the other room and have a cigar. No, 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 no. It, it, it's very nice just to sit here at the table. Come 
can, Pop. Have a cigar. Look, Ricky, I'll buy you a catcher's mitt. <laughs> Harriet, boys, there's something I'd like to tell you. Yes, I know, dear. You want a cigar. No, I don't want a cigar. David, get your father's cigar. Here's three of them. But, Harriet, honestly, I don't want a... Ricky, for goodness sake, you want to choke me? <laughs> Go on, have a smoke, Pop. Okay, okay. You see, if you don't have an after-dinner cigar, you're irritable. I am not irritable. I'm very cheerful. <laughs> Gee, bit a cigar in half. Here's another one, Pop. Oh, I'll get it. Do you want your slippers, dear? No, no, thank you, Harriet. I'm fine. Good evening, everybody. I hope I didn't interrupt your dinner. Oh, Hello, Dr. Hello, Brown. Doctor. No, we just finished. Oh, fine. I dropped by mainly to see you, Mr. Nelson. Me? Yes. Uh, Mr. Thornberry's a very good friend of yours, isn't he? Yes, that's right. Uh, something wrong with Thorny, Doctor? Oh, nothing too serious. His wife asked me to stop in and have a look at him. Is he sick? Well, he was when I looked at him. <laughs> His face had a greenish tinge. His eyes were rather glassy. He seemed upset and didn't have much of an appetite. Say, that that sounds serious to me. Oh, not really. I'm afraid Mr. Thornberry's just been smoking too much. Thorny, he hardly ever smokes. Well, evidently, he's been doing quite a bit of it lately. I thought Mr. Nelson could kind of keep an eye on him and see that he cuts down on the cigars. Well, I'll try. Well, he promised to quit, but I think he'll be all right if he just tapers off. Well, I'll, I'll uh, uh, sure do what I can. <coughs> well, fine, Mr. Nelson. I knew you'd be glad to help. Oh, sure. <coughs> now, I'll be running along now. I'm happy you told us, Doctor. Yes, you've got to watch that smoking. <coughs> you better do something about that cold, Mr. Nelson. Oh, this isn't exactly a cold. <coughs> well, sounds pretty bad. Hey, let's have a look at you here in the light. I think I'm looking pretty green. What is it, Doctor? How have you been feeling lately, Mr. Nelson? Uh, not too good. Like I say, I, I've been kind of green and, 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 and sort of upset, and uh, I haven't had much of an appetite. <coughs> oh, this cough. <coughs> what do you think, Doctor? Doctor, do you think he's just been smoking too much? Smoking? Mr. Nelson doesn't smoke. Oh, but I, but I have been lately. <coughs> well, in that case, I'd say Mrs. Nelson was quite right. You and Mr. Thornberry seem to have the same symptoms. You mean then you think I, I ought to quit smoking my cigars? Oh, we don't have to be that drastic. I'm sure you're not a heavy smoker. Oh, I don't know. I got that box of cigars today. You can see for yourself it's almost half empty. Oh, Ozzy. Well, that's going at it pretty strong, Mr. Nelson. Well, when I smoke, I really smoke. <laughs> I think it'd be best if I just quit. Well, it's not as easy as it sounds, you know. Why not just limit yourself to three or four a day? No, sir. I've decided to quit smoking, and I'll stick to it. Well, do you really want to quit, Ozzy? Believe me, Harriet, I haven't the faintest desire to light a cigar. Well, it seems a shame to waste all the rest of those cigars, though. <laughs> really nothing better than a good cigar now and then. Well, why don't you take them, Dr. Brown? Oh, oh I couldn't do that. <laughs> Still, it might be best to remove any temptation. Well, sure. <laughs> Go ahead, take them, Doctor. Well, I will. Uh, thank you very much. That's perfectly all right. You mind if I light one up? No, no, no. Go right ahead. Hmm. 
be running along. I think you'll be all right now, Mr. Nelson. I'm sure I will, thanks, Doctor. Well, thanks again for the cigar. Don't mention it. Aren't you ashamed of yourself? What do you mean? You didn't fool me in the least. You were just trying to find an excuse to give up smoking those cigars. Oh, Harriet, why should I suddenly give up smoking cigars after all these years? You never smoked one before in your life, and you know it. Well, you said so yourself. I figured you wouldn't want cigar ashes around the house, so I've been a sneaky smoker. Isn't that what you said? Look, dear, we've been married for 15 years. The first thing a wife learns is to go through her husband's pockets, and I've never found a cigar there yet. (laughs) Well, then why did you insist? Oh, never mind. Come on, you can help me with the dishes. Okay, Uh, just a minute. Hey, where'd you get that cigar? You don't think I gave them all to Dr. Brown, do you? Confidentially, I'm beginning to like them. Uh, say, Harriet, as long as I'm smoking cigars now, would you pick up a few things for me when you go downtown? Of course. What do you want me to get? Oh, some more cigars, a smoking jacket, and a humidor. Let's see now. Okay. Cigars, smoking jacket, humidor, and hiking boots. Hiking boots? Well, certainly you don't think you're going to smoke those cigars in the house, do you? <laughs> Heinz Company and starring Ozzie Nelson and Harriet Hilliard. And remember, Heinz soups are condensed. You get twice as much soup by adding an equal part of milk or water. That suits me fine. Me too. I like a lot, boy. Appearing in support of Ozzie and Harriet were their two sons, David and Ricky Nelson, John Brown, Frank Nelson, Herb Vigran, and yours truly, Vern Smith. Original music was composed and conducted by Billy May. So long, folks. This is Ozzie saying goodnight for the four Nelsons and the 57 Varieties. Stay tuned for Burns and Allen next on Theater of the Mind. You're listening to Theater of the Mind on Zoomer Radio, AM 740 and 96.7 FM in downtown Toronto. Time now for George Burns and Gracie Allen. Another cup of Maxwell House coffee, George? Well, sure. Pour me a cup, Gracie. You know, Maxwell House is always good to the last drop. That drop's good, too. Yes, it's Maxwell House Coffee Time, starring George Burns and Gracie Allen. With yours truly, Bill Goodwin, the music of Meredith Wilson and his orchestra, our happy postman, Mel Blanc, and Robert Bentz. For your Thursday night comedy enjoyment, it's George and Gracie. And for your everyday coffee-drinking enjoyment, it's Maxwell House, the coffee that's always good to the last drop. Tonight, 
Gracie and her friend Blanche Morton are returning from the neighborhood movie theater where they saw a picture starring their current dream man, Gregory Peck. Oh, what a marvelous experience, Blanche. Those thrilling love scenes. Yeah, it was a great picture. Luella Parsons gave it four stars and Jimmy Fiddler gave it four bells. Mm, my rating is a little different. I gave Gregory Peck 15 quivers. <laughs> Believe me, he was worth every one of them. Mm, what a man. When he makes love, my heart bobs up and down in my throat, keeping time with that wonderful Adam's apple of his. <laughs> Too bad our husbands didn't come along. They might have learned something. Oh, what a letdown going home to them after Gregory Peck. You said it. it it's like riding on the Super Chief and then switching to the Glendale bus. <laughs> oh, what happens to husbands anyhow? At first, Harry was crazy about going to parties and dances. We'd finish dinner and I'd get into an evening gown. And now? We finish dinner and he gets into a nightshirt. <laughs> At first, when George and I went to parties, he was terribly jealous. If another man even looked at me, he wanted to kill him. And now? If another man grabs me and kisses me, George says, boy, is he loaded. <laughs> well, speaking of kisses, Harry comes down to breakfast, gives me a fast one on the cheek, and then we both start complaining. Both of you? Yeah. Him because the toast is scorched, and me because I'm not. <laughs> well? morning kiss. Believe me, that peck George gives me is no Gregory. Time sure makes a difference, all right. The first few months of married life, they're all pepped up. Mm-hmm. And the rest of it, they are all pooped out. <laughs> well, here's my house, Blanche. I better go in and see if Hot Lips has fallen asleep over his collection of Lombardo records. Good night, Gracie. Good night, Blanche. Well, now for the big romantic homecoming. Will he say, darling, you're back at last? Will he tell me how much he's missed me? <laughs> Not him. He won't even know I've been out. Hello, George. Darling, you're back at last. Yeah, huh? <laughs> Gee, how I've missed you. How I've needed you. Oh, George. I've longed for the touch of your hand. You have? Yeah, scratch my back, will you? <laughs> There's one spot there I can't get. Oh, George. Wouldn't you like me to put my arms around you? Yeah. Then you can scratch with both hands. I don't want to scratch your back. Mm. I wish Gregory Peck was here. I'd just as soon have you scratch it. Oh, all right. I'll scratch your back. There. Uh, thanks. Now put your arms around me. Your back itches too, huh? Oh, George, you need a few lessons on how to treat a wife. Wives want romance. Wives want... Come in. Good evening, all. Oh, hello, all. <laughs> I, I saw your light on and I made bold to drop in. Well, I'm glad you did, Meredith. You made bold to drop in. You're, you're yes. just in time to learn how to treat your wife after you're married. You do intend to take a wife, don't you? Oh, yes, indeed. I'm very fond of little ones. Oh, how sweet. Of course, I'll take a big one if she'll have me. <laughs> Don't waste your time advising Meredith, Gracie. I doubt if he'll ever get married. Not true, George. It was just a year ago this time that I almost married a lady trap drummer, Boom Boom Latour. <laughs> boom Boom Latour, a lady trap drummer. She was magnificent. 
If you closed your eyes, you couldn't tell her from Jean Krupa. But when you opened them, there was a delightful difference. And you, <laughs> you, you almost married him, Meredith? Yes, Gracie, our romance blossomed quickly. At night after work, I'd take her home. She'd turn the lights down low, snuggle next to me on the sofa, and play uh, Love Sends a Little Gift of Roses on the drums. <laughs> what a picture. <laughs> well, naturally, I could not long resist such romantic persuasion... And one night, just as she reached the 14th measure of the second chorus, I asked Boom Boom to be my bride. And she said yes? Without missing a beat. <laughs> In a perfect frenzy of ecstasy, I seized my flute and began to accompany her. We raced madly through Semper Fidelis, under the double eagle, and we were just going into the stars and stripes forever when a terrible doubt began to creep into my mind. A doubt. If I was going to be this lady's husband, there was something I had a right to know. So I asked her, and her answer made my blood run cold. What was it, Meredith? Boom Boom was not a union musician. <laughs> what? <laughs> well, I knelt quickly and, facing Chicago, asked Petrillo to forgive me. <laughs> Then I fled, and I have not seen the lady since. Well, that just shows you the power of organizing. What a shame we neglected housewives aren't organized, like you musicians. Then we could force our husbands to be more romantic and more... And... Meredith! What? That's it! We'll get together. We'll form the Housewives Association. But I'm not a housewife. No, not you. You're not either. <laughs> Forget it. Oh, no. This is the idea of the century. When we housewives organize, you husbands will have to stop pushing us around. Gracie. You'll find out what fighters we women are. Just like Jack Dempsey found out when a woman whipped him. A woman whipped Jack Dempsey? Sure, Jean Tunney. <laughs> oh, yes. Pretty girl, Jean Tunney, eh? Yeah. She was beautiful in her new picture, The Razor's Edge. <laughs> Hey, Jean Tunney, yes, sort of a dark girl. Uh, Gracie, there'll be no housewives associated. Oh, yes, there will, and I'll be the boss. And then I just dare some unromantic husband to snore or stick his cold feet in his wife's back. I suppose, I suppose you'll call a strike. Oh, you bet. I'll pull every wife out of bed between here and Boston. I see trouble. Jerome Kern wrote it for Showboat way back in 1929. The people heard it, and it's belonged to the people ever since. Couldn't have been any other way, Bill. Great folk music echoes the hopes, the joys, the sorrows of a people. When a song like Old Man River comes along, why, well, the people just naturally make it their own. And the people, well, they're hardly ever wrong. Yes, Old Man River may have been born on Broadway but it's long since joined the company of truly great American spirituals as a moving, expressive part of the American scene. And you know in its own way, Maxwell House coffee is a very real part of the American scene, too. We Americans love coffee, have made it our, our national drink. 
And more people buy and enjoy Maxwell House than any other brand of coffee at any price. Northeast, south, and west, it's Maxwell House wherever you go. Flavor writes this popularity story. The rich, vigorous Maxwell House flavor that results from the skillful blending of these carefully selected Latin American coffees. Manizales for mellowness. Medellins for richness. Other choice coffees for vigor. And Bucaramangas for full body. The sum of which is great coffee at its flavor peak. So why not enjoy the very best in coffee drinking pleasure? You can for just a fraction of a penny more per cup than you'd pay for the cheapest coffees. Just say, Maxwell House, always good to the last drop. Good morning, Gracie. How about some breakfast? Mm, not right now, George. I'm busy drawing up the contract all you husbands will have to sign with the Housewives Association. I told you last night to forget that crazy idea. We husbands are not going to sign. Oh, then we wives will go on strike. And I'd like to see the government take that over. <laughs> uh, if I don't sign the contract, you'll strike, huh? I'll pick at you from morning till night. And believe me, you'll be worn out. I'll be one of? Well, surely you'll be gentleman enough to carry my sign. <laughs> Let's see that contract. Here. It tells the rules you husbands have to abide by. And you'll find it all very legal. Go ahead, read it. Uh, know this old man by these presents. Flowers? Candy? What is this? Oh, you read it wrong, George. It goes like this. Know this, all men. Buy these presents. Flowers, Flowers candy, candy, I see. No, I get it. Looks like the husband will get the short end of this contract. Oh, no, no. You'll find it completely fair and unbiased. Read on. Okay. This contract entered into between the wife, here and after referred to as the angel. Me. And the husband, here and after referred to as the beast. You. Yes, very fair and unbiased. Thank you. Nice, Thank you. yes. Now, forget this nonsense and bring me my breakfast. I refer you to paragraph two of our contract which reads, before breakfast, each husband must give his wife a kiss. If it's a first-rate kiss, she brings him bacon, eggs, and coffee. I see. If it's a second-rate kiss, she brings him eggs and coffee, and so on. Okay, here's a kiss. Well? Help yourself to a glass of water. <laughs> it wasn't that bad. Anyhow, your silly rules mean nothing to me because there'll never be a housewives association. Oh, uh -huh, yes, there will. I'm sending a wire to Mr. William Green, head of the American Federation of Labor, to ask for our charter. He'll turn you down. What could possibly get you a charter from Mr. Green? Mrs. Green. <laughs> Believe me, it won't happen. What else is in that contract you expect husbands to sign? Well, there's the uh, retroactive clause. We demand that all husbands be less retro and more active. <laughs> nice piece of demanding. And then there's our open shop policy. No husband can pass an open shop without going in and buying his wife a gift. 
<laughs> this is a pretty one-sided contract. Oh, no, not at all. For example, we have a husband's old age benefit plan. Each week, the husband puts away $5, and when he reaches a certain age, the wife takes it. <laughs> the wife takes it? Yes. We benefit by your old age. <laughs> old age benefit. And if we husbands don't like all these things, we've got no comeback. Oh, sure. If you think you're being mistreated, you can make a complaint to our jury of five impartial women. It would be a nice change from appearing on the radio. A change from radio? Yeah. The jury would laugh at you. <laughs> I thought so. And if we husbands don't like it, you'll strike. You bet we will. And if we housewives walk out, the Screen Actors Guild will walk out with us. Clark Gable, Robert... Taylor, Tyrone Power, Gregory Peck. Why, uh, why pick the Screen Actors Guild? Can you think of anybody nicer to walk out with? <laughs> this is murder. Say, the Green Act... The Green Actors... The Green Actors Guild. Green... A new name, eh? The Screen Actors Guild... <laughs> nice <with> way. <laughs> Nothing green about Taylor, Power, and Peck. I'll call my association a guild, too. Oh, a guild, yes. Uh, see, now, we'll uh, be the housewife... Uh, assistance guild. We'll call ourselves the H.A.G.s. Well, at last, you're making sense. <laughs> I'll answer it, George. You look over our contract. Yeah, the H.A.G.s. <laughs> Good morning, Mrs. Burns. <laughs> Here's your mail. Oh, thank you, Mr. Postman. By the way, I want to talk to your wife about my new project, the Housewives Assistance Guild. If she joins, your wife will be an H.A.G. I got news for you. If she doesn't join, she'll still be one. <laughs> we housewives will force husbands to be more romantic. You know, I'll bet that's your trouble. You're not affectionate enough. Tell me, did you kiss your wife at least once a day during 1946? I kissed her twice. You did? Yes. Once in March and once in August. <laughs> oh, Mr. Postman. I see my dentist twice a year and kiss my wife twice a year. I get them both out of the way on the same day. <laughs> it's easier that way. Easier? Yes. I rush home from the dentist and kiss her before the Novocaine wears off. Oh, shame on you. If you feel that way about your wife, why don't you ever marry her? Oh, it was one of those things. <laughs> She kept saying to everybody, I love Herman. Herman is a ball of fire. I want to marry Herman. Oh, I see. But that cowardly Herman left town, so she married me. <laughs> well, after your wife joins my housewife's guild, you'll have to kiss her every day. Just remember what Rudy Valley used to say. A little kiss each morning, a little kiss each night. Rudy Valley said that. Yeah. Are you going home and kiss your wife? Well, if it's all right with the guild, I'd rather kiss Rudy Valley. <laughs> <laughs> Goodbye, Mrs. Burns. Remember, keep smiling. <laughs> These husbands don't seem to take my guilt seriously. But they will before I'm through. Oh, well, George, did you sign the contract? No, and I'm not going to. This thing says I have to wash the dishes clean the house, fix the meals. I'm surprised it doesn't say I should brush your teeth. Read the small print. 
That too, huh? Well, I'm not gonna sign. According to this, the husband does everything and the wife nothing. Not true. I'll admit I've given some of the wife's jobs to the husband, but the wife still has plenty to do. When a baby arrives, the wife paces the floor of the hospital. Wait a minute, just a minute. Um, <laughs> the wife paces the floor? Yes. And the husband? That's one of the jobs I gave him. <laughs> One of the grandest of all tunes. Meredith Wilson and his chiffon music, Whispering. No. If I sign that thing, I'll be nothing but a slave. You will not be a slave. I'll just sign your name right here, Uncle Tom. I, I mean, George. <laughs> Gracie, there's a piece of paper in Washington called the Declaration of Independence. It guarantees all men the right to life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. Well, how do you like that? The minute those Republicans get in, they start making new laws. <laughs> The Declaration of Independence was drawn up by Jefferson, Franklin, Adams, and Henry. I don't care what firm of attorneys wrote it. I'll get Jerry Giesler to break it. <laughs> Look, I'm not going to sign this contract. Paragraph 4 says I have to make love like Gregory Peck. What's the matter with the way I make love? You'll find that in paragraphs 5, 6, six 7, seven eight, 8, 9, 10. Okay, yeah. I'm out. I'm out. Never mind. Come in. Hi, Burns's. Hello, Bill. Uh, Bill. Take a look at this contract. It's the most unfair thing you've ever seen. One party does nothing and gets everything. The other party does everything and gets nothing. Here, read it. Why should I read it? It's the same contract you give me every year. <laughs> Funny, man, this is not your contract. No, this is George's contract with the Housewives Guild. Oh, well, what's it all about? Well, if he signs, he'll have to become as great a lover as Gregory Peck. It's in his contract. It may, not, it may be in his contract. It's not in his constitution. <laughs> Look, Joe Frisco. 
I'm a member of the Green Actors Guild. Yeah. <laughs> if husbands, if husbands sign this contract, they'll have to cook and wash dishes. Cook and wash? Well, that's terrible. Don't sign it, George. They'll even have to serve their wives toast and coffee in bed. Well, that's ridiculous. Tear that thing. What kind of coffee? The contract says Maxwell House. Well, sign it, you ungrateful little worm. <laughs> huh? Why, it's a privilege to serve that rich, delicious, mellow Maxwell House coffee. It's the result of careful selection and blending of choice Latin American coffees, radiant roasted to perfection. More people buy and enjoy Maxwell House than any other brand of coffee in the world. Come in. Well, Gracie, I persuaded my husband to sign the Guild contract. Oh, wonderful. I'll call and congratulate him. He can't talk. He's still unconscious. <laughs> Hello, Mrs. Morton. I, I was just talking about your contract, particularly about the kind of coffee you specify. Now, you I... keep your ideas to yourself, young man. Well, but I... We specify Maxwell House coffee, and you're not going to talk us out of it. I don't think we that I... We won't drink anything but Maxwell House. I... Why, it's the very best in coffee-drinking pleasure, yet it costs but a fraction of a penny more per cup than the cheapest coffee you can well, buy. Well, but I was just That's thinking... That's why so many millions of Americans insist on Maxwell well, House. Well, Mrs. Morton, These I... days, they know today's coffee buy is Maxwell House, the coffee that is always good to the last drop. Well, Blanche, Bill loves Maxwell House. Yeah, that's what I tried to tell you. Oh, me and my big yap. <laughs> Every time I open my mouth, I put my foot in it. Now, why didn't I think of that? <laughs> well, so long, girls. Good luck. All right, George, sign the contract. I'll do nothing of the kind. I'm going in the den and read the paper. Why don't you clop him on the head like I did Harry? Oh, I couldn't do that to George. His little head is too sweet, too precious, too hard. But we've got to get his signature on that contract. Say, what if he thought he was signing his autograph? That's a good idea. Well, sure, all we have to do is find a George Burns fan. Well, that louses that up. <laughs> Blanche Morton, George Burns has fans from California to New York. Really? Yes, I'm in California and his mother's in New York. <laughs> and since I'm the closest, I'll go in and get his autograph. George? Yes? You're awfully funny on the radio. Everybody says so. Yes. <laughs> Much funnier than those comedians who use a dialect to get laughs, like H.V. Kaltenborn. <laughs> Thanks. You get laughs because the jokes you tell are so clever. Tell me one now, dear. Okay. Um, oh, a fellow said to his friend, how about having lunch with me? Oh, that's and, marvelous. And... <laughs> <laughs> uh, oh, wait a minute. That's not all of the joke. It's enough for my purpose. <laughs> huh? You're the funniest comedian in the world, George. May I have your autographs? You want my autograph? Yes, right here on this dotted line. Oh, so that's what you're up to. Trying to get my signature on that silly contract. Well, it didn't work. Now get out of here. Yes, dear. George? What now? I'm sorry I tried to fool you. You're so smart and I'm such a dope. You said it. I, I always have to come to you when there's something I don't know. 
Would you answer a couple of questions for me? Sure. What was President Washington's first name? George. I love the way you snap those answers out. Now, what was the last name of that famous Scotch poet, Robert... Uh... Burns. Oh, of course. George and Burns. In case I forget them again, would you write them down on this dotted line? <laughs> should feed razor blades to elephants. Feed razor blades to elephants? Of course not. Good. I'm getting up a petition against it. Sign right here on the dotted line. <laughs> out. 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 George, George. What's wrong? The house is on fire. No. Yes. Quick, here's an application for insurance. Sign on the dotted line. Out. 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 Yes? Telegram for George Burns. Sign here. Okay. There you are. I wonder who the telegram's from, Gracie. It's from me. From you? Yeah, I'll read it. Uh... Dear George, that paper you just signed was the Housewives Guild contract. Happy New Year, Uncle Tom. <laughs> signed Gracie. So you hired this messenger boy to trick me, huh? Why, you... Ah, don't call me names or I'll have you thrown out of my house. Your house? This is my house. Oh, really, George? You should read a contract before you sign it. Oh, no. <laughs> this is NBC, the National Broadcasting Company. Thanks for listening. Tomorrow night, it's Dragnet, followed by yours truly, Johnny Dollar. Thanks to Joel Schoenwell for technical support. The executive producer for Theater of the Mind is Moses Neimer. I'm Frank Proctor. Have a great evening. This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show.